0: Do you know that every word you speak matters are your conversations making a difference with a passion for words and a heart for conversation teresa velarde is a self-professed word nerd best-selling author bizcat 360 columnist and publisher children's books as well as fiction and non-fiction books are welcomed at we be books publishing and book endeavors the imprints of her company authentic endeavors publishing Whether written or spoken, Teresa strives to encourage and inspire meaningful conversations that make a difference. Here's the host of Conversations That Make a Difference, Teresa Velarde. Hey
1: everyone and welcome to Conversations That Make a Difference. I'm Teresa Velarde and I am so thankful that you're here for another edition of my bi-weekly show. We go live on the first and third Tuesday of the month. Um, Today's the second Tuesday of the month, so this is, I guess, a special edition, okay? Um, Just want to let you know that you can see Conversations That Make a Difference weekly on the replays at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m., uh, with the live calling shows, as I said, on the first and third Tuesday of the month. You can also hear us on your Alexa. You can just ask her to play Dream Vision 7 radio network. And you can see us on YouTube and all the replays are on my page on dreamvision7.com. So anyone who knows me knows that we usually start up with prayer. Um, before I introduce my guests, we're going to do that. So if we can just take a minute... Um, and today, for anyone who's in the United States, this is election day. So if you haven't gotten out and, and voted, I suggest you do that, just because it's the right thing to do. It doesn't matter what side of the conversation you're on. Just, it's, my, it's our duty to do that. So anyway, let's say a prayer. I start with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I also wanna say that it is by God's grace that we are fabulous, blessed, and highly favored, living in our greatness, using our gifts and talents, making a difference in the lives of others with passion and purpose, and all of God's great universe is conspiring in our favor. And we gratefully say, amen. So today we have a family affair going on here. One anyway, we were gonna have two, but unfortunately Nick couldn't make it today. So I'm gonna introduce those of you who are here and we'll start with, uh, with Jackie Long. Jackie is a transformational success trainer and coach Trained by Jack Canfield, she is a certified Canfield Success Principles trainer. Mentored by Sean Smith for over 10 years, Jackie is certified in neuro-linguistic programming, say that three times fast, also known as NLP, and featured trainer for Sean's advanced coaching certification programs. Prior to coaching and training, Jackie spent 20 years in the corporate world, owned and operated a mystery shopper company, that's interesting, and, ed- and achieved success in direct sales. With over 30 years of leadership, training, and mentoring experience, Jackie customizes programs for clients, helping them to achieve their personal and professional goals. Jackie enjoys traveling and spending time with friends and family. And Jackie can be um, reached at Coach Jackie J-A-C-K-I- long at gmail.com. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Nice to have you here.
2: Great to be here. Thank you, Teresa.
1: You're welcome. And we'll also welcome in Sophia. Sophia Long is Jackie's daughter. She graduated from Carmel High School in 2019 with an honors diploma. She has dedicated herself to her passion for activism and equity. This scholar has been through a number of life experiences that have offered her the opportunity to grow both personally and professionally, including mentorship from the author of The Success Principles, Jack Canfield. Isn't he like the best? I have to say, I love Jack Canfield. She is an undergraduate student studying at Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. And she will graduate with a bachelor's degree in an individual major with a concentration in women, gender and sexuality studies, a bachelor's in sociology and a minor in communication studies in 2023. That's quite an ambitious agenda you have there, Sophia. Mm -hmm. And you can reach Sophia at sophiaglong at gmail.com. And we welcome in, The co-author of the Fourfold Formula for All Things Wellness, Marcus Vetstein. He has practiced endocrinology for nearly 30 years. He is a diabetes, metabolic, and stress management specialist. He also works in energy medicine as a licensed well practitioner. He assists clients in improving their health and wellness by measuring their energy field, stress level, Health status and energy reserve via electrophotonic imaging. He lives in Colorado with his wife and has three children and enjoys skiing and hiking. And you can reach him at M W E-T-T-S-T- at gmail.com. We'll let you give you guys contact information later on as we go through this, go through the stories. So welcome, Dr. Marcus.
3: Thank you, Teresa, thank you for having us on the show. Really appreciate
1: it. I'm excited to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm a little sad that Nick couldn't make it, but we'll have him in, the, in another time. But um, so all of these authors, the common denominator in this conversation is the fact that they have everyone has contributed a story to the fourfold formula for all things wellness. And this is um, these are true stories of the heart, spirit, mind, and body. And this came about when um Peggy Wilms contacted Dr. Marcus, the two of them put their heads together and they put this book together and invited people to join the conversation about all things wellness. Wellness is just not about going to the gym every day. It's got lots of factors and you can learn all about the wellness wheel, the all things wellness wheel in this book. It's available on Amazon, so get your copy. This makes a great gift. You know, I have to tell you, I find it very interesting, especially with Jackie and Sophia, that neither of you knew what the other was writing about or did you, but when you wrote about was the same thing from two different perspectives. So Jackie, I'm gonna start with you if that's okay. Sure. Okay.
2: Well, so I actually, um had decided what I was writing about and didn't know what Sophia was writing about. And then she sent me like her her very first draft Mm
4: -hmm. and
2: I was like, "Uh Oh, (laughs) so I called Peggy and said, what, what do we do here? And she's like, I think it's great. I think you should do it. It'll be the same story from, just two different perspectives. And also in the story, we just focused on different things. Like there's mm-hmm. so much more. I mean, I actually have a lot more. I, I didn't take from a book that I had in progress several years ago, but it's mm-hmm. the same topic. And I don't know how many pages I've already written. So I, knew, I really knew the topic I wanted to talk about. And um, so anyway, that's what happened. Yeah. She said, yeah, we'll run them back to back.
1: Yeah. So I'm so glad that you did because I actually, i read them both. I read them both over and over and I read them both just before we got started here today so that we could have this conversation. I find it really interesting that, you know, let me just, let me just read a part of your story first that I, I really liked. And one of the things that, um, there are some highlights in here. I found unexpected gifts in the depths of pain. I learned to ask for help. I learned that someone must be willing to receive for someone to give. I learned the meaning of acceptance. I learned that I had, I, I had to go on and I learned to engage in life. You know, if you read nothing else, if you read nothing else, those things, those factors, regardless of any situation, and this was a tragic situation, um, are helpful to anyone. I mean, I, I, I'm like, so give us a recap of what actually this story is about. Um, and then I wanna read you something that I found to be extremely, extremely helpful to me. I have, I lost my dad. So I've sit in your shoes, Sophia. I lost my dad. Um, a while back. And I also sit in Marcus's shoes because I had the same kind of growing up as as Marcus did in the same type of environment. So this is gonna be an interesting conversation. Jackie, why don't you give us a synopsis of your story?
2: Sure. Um, Well, so my husband was diagnosed with kidney cancer. My kid's dad, Sophia and her brother, Alex, uh, they were eight and 15. And I just really, I mean, it's it's so hard to put into words in a short period of time what that experience was like. It was a 13 month journey, um, ending in his death, and so I I couldn't do it all. I just couldn't do it all, you know. So that's kind of the the approach that I took was how did I get through it, and then you know, what did I do? Uh, Like, you know, writing, writing and journaling. And then I wrote a song that just came to me in the middle of the night. And so, and then also be a mom, you know, I had to, I had to work. I had to take care of a, a husband that was life and death and, and take care of two kids. And I couldn't
1: do it all. Right. It says here, 24 hours in a day weren't enough. There were no moments to add to my to-do list, much less to do my part in helping to save my husband's life. I paid bills, shopped, laundered, tutored while working full-time. I was increasingly the keeper and doer of all things. At least it felt that way. You had to learn how to ask for help. And then people came in to give you a hand um, and do the things that you were doing outside, doing the shopping, the laundering, the tutored, you know, being the tutor for the children, how difficult was it for you to ask for help? This is me. I do a lot of this stuff on my own. I do everything on my own. And so when somebody asks if they can help me, it's like, how do I let that happen? You know, how do I let go of the control of the things that I take care of? Mm -hmm.
2: Well, it just gave me a new perspective on what was important. And, you know, As long as the house was clean enough, um, as long as there was food. I mean, there were days that if I had to put it in the microwave, if I had to put it out, get it out of the fridge, put it in the microwave and heat it up, I wouldn't eat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like too much effort for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So literally I didn't cook a meal. I don't think this is in the book, but I didn't cook a meal for six months. We had, I don't know how many people easily a couple hundred or more helping Mm -hmm. us at some point or more and, and asking for it. What, what I learned then was I wasn't asking for me. I was asking for Dale and I was asked, you know, my husband and I was asking for my kids.
1: Right. Right. So
2: that made it easier. Um, Now I'm in a position to ask myself, I'm a, I'm, oh my gosh, a year now. I'm a, like, I just passed my year. I'm a breast cancer survivor. I have not put that on social media. I have not announced that publicly, um, but I I asked for help.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, and well, I'm glad that you are a, a breast cancer survivor. Let's let's keep praying that that stays, stays as it is. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely you said you learned that someone must be willing to receive for someone else to give and it says here that um you loved having people around you and you invited friends and family into your lives to help get through that the time when dale was um undergoing his um his illness everyone everyone involved hope everyone involved hoped and prayed that he would beat this nasty disease. People came out of the woodwork and humbly asked how they could help. Saying yes allowed people to move from helpless to helpful. Sometimes we give the gift of allowing them to step into being the helpful people in our lives when we need help in any given situation. And i had I learned that myself. Both my parents died of cancer and I had to put myself in a situation where I had to rely on other people because I was out of state where, mm. where, where they lived. And so what, how, how did that shift things for you personally by allowing that to happen?
2: Well, I definitely felt relief mm-hmm. and It it did shift. I was, I was always the one to do everything. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, come by that honestly in my, from my childhood. Um, Like you couldn't play until the work was done. And so when you're an adult, the work is never done. And um, so everything has to be scheduled. And, and I just, I had to do it. Like I didn't have a choice. Yeah. In my eyes, I didn't have a choice. I know some people don't ask for help. Um, And I wish more people would because I am much more comfortable making that meal and delivering it Mm -hmm. and feeling that I've helped somebody else Mm -hmm. versus asking for me. I had to ask somebody to like move at church. And I never would have done that. But Dale needed a place because he was in a wheelchair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can
2: ask for somebody else
1: mm-hmm. easily.
2: It's yeah. much harder. So really what I did when I had cancer, I asked a dear friend of mine, Debbie, to Debbie Castano. I have to just say her name because she's just been amazing. And she, she did all the legwork of letting people know what I needed. So mm-hmm. she did it in my behalf. Mm-hmm. And, and that was hard to ask her to do that. Mm -hmm. And she has thanked me repeatedly for giving her that opportunity to help me in that manner. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, things have shifted a lot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that when I was 25.
1: Yeah, no, we had a community. Their support allowed me to direct my energy toward my husband, children, and my paid job and me. Gratitude and appreciation traveled deep into my soul. That touches my heart. That touches my heart. So yeah, yeah. Read this story if you have ever had anyone in your life um, from two perspectives. Because we're going to talk to Sophia in just a minute. Um, if you have ever had anyone in your life who has gone through a situation like this, this will help anyone reading it, no matter what role you play in the um, in the in the situation, regardless of what it is. So wellness is not just about the body. This is about um, I think this touches so many different categories, and you'll find that these categories overlap one another as you read the book. So, Jackie, thank you. We'll come back to you in a bit. Thank you, Sophia. You're welcome, Sophia. I love how you uh, you bring this. The ocean brings you back to me. There are things that you say in here that are just so touching. How you were? How old when your dad passed away? I was eight when he passed away. You were eight. And it says in here that about your eighth birthday was where? Let's talk about that because there's a lot of joy in that situation.
4: Oh, my eighth birthday was at this water park that no longer exists. Um, And my dad was already wheelchair bound at that point. Um, But all my friends were there and I just just have I just have only pure joyous memories of that day and even though he was in a wheelchair the fact that he was able to be there meant a lot to me
0: yeah
1: yeah intellectually I knew that accepting my dad's death would be just the start of moving forward there's a lot of a lot of steps to becoming whole again once you lose someone especially a parent or a spouse as your mom had experienced and you talked about escapism and you said by the time you were um, 15, you suffered a great amount of loss who had no living grandparents either. So, I mean, I can relate to this as well. Um, my grandparents, um, my grandmother was the longest uh, living. Um, but, you know, no matter what age you are, and I'm sure everyone can agree to this, no matter what age you are, when you lose someone, it's like there's there's part of them that has been part of your life, Um, that gets taken from you. But the memories, the beauty of the the other side of that is the memories help to get you through that. Can you share a little bit about your experience with that?
4: Yeah, um, it's been hard because I lost my dad when I was so young. Um, Memories have faded over time. And that's been something I've definitely had to grapple with. Um, But I also have an appreciation for the memories that have lasted, the ones that have been important to me. And I might not remember what I was wearing or what you know and where exactly we were but I
1: remember the moments
4: of being with him
1: awesome awesome so you say that the triathlons Billy Joel music beams of sunlight from the sky watching survivor reruns and the gentle lap of ocean water on coastal sand will draw me closer to my dad's energy which will remain present with those who loved him ever more how does that make you? And what's your favorite Billy Joel song? Because I'm a Billy Joel fan.
4: <laughs> Piano Man for sure. Yeah, Piano Man for sure.
1: Absolutely. um
4: And I'm sorry. What was your question before that? The
1: question was how. How does um, you said this this brings you closer to your dad's energy that will remain ever present um with those who loved him ever more. So I'm going to talk about your experience. Do you have I'm always curious to ask this, and you can answer this too, Jackie, if you want. Do you have visitations from your dad? Have you ever experienced him in a dream where he feels like he's right there with you?
4: Yeah, this is something my mom and I actually share. We both get pretty vivid dreams. Um, I see my dad a lot in my in my dreams and it's just a it's usually a random situation where we're in a we're at a vacation home that we spent a lot of time at um. But yes, I definitely am visited by him in my dreams and my other loved ones frequently. Um, mm-hmm. And I also feel their presence sometimes, you know, depending upon what I'm doing. But, you know, maybe I'll flip a page and, you know, I'll get a, some chills or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I definitely believe in those messages.
1: Yeah, I do as well. And, you know, I, I um, there was one dream that I had of my dad where he actually walked into the house. With, I was sitting at the kitchen table with my mom. And we were going through bills. I'll say this before we go to break. We got to go break in a minute. We were going through bills and there were, were the, the final expenses and whatnot. And my father just comes like walking in the door like he was like he was coming home from a day at work or whatever. Comes walking in the door and he looked over my mother's shoulder. And these are his exact words. You know, my father was a very frugal man. $293. They ripped you off. And that's exactly what he said. And then it wasn't until about, oh, I maybe a couple of weeks later when I brought this up to my mother, she said to me, How much did you say? He said, I said, $293. She said, that is the exact amount of money your father had in his wallet the day that he died. So you can't make this stuff up. They I believe that, I believe that no matter where we are. There is always a presence of our loved ones, regardless how, how far gone, we, we, how far the time has passed, um, that they're always with us. And so we'll talk a little bit about my, that a little more when we come back. But we do have to go to our first break. So just listen to these messages and we'll be right back.
0: What if dreams can diagnose your life? What if we can meet the love of our life in dreams? Join host Cat O'Keefe Canavis, the number one internationally best-selling author of Dreams That Can Save Your Life, written with Duke University medical doctor, Larry Burke. Dreaming Healing is where we'll explore dreams, research and interpret dreams from you, the caller. Dreaming healing shows can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern, with live shows on the first and third evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Come live your dreams out
5: loud with Cat. Are miracles real? Can you move from mayhem to miracles? 30 prominent authors say yes, as they share their high fives and down lows of challenges, abuse, addiction, and love. Experience Hope, the magic elixir of miracles, through the personal stories of New York Times best-selling authors, James Redfield, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Sister Jenna, Reverend Temple Hayes, and many more. If you like bestsellers, chaos to clarity, and crappy to happy, you'll love crying and laughing through mayhem to miracles. Sacred stories of transformational hope. Available now on Amazon
0: and in bookstores worldwide. Did you know that every word you speak matters? What you say and how you say it can make or break a relationship or shift the outcome of any situation. Are your conversations making a difference? Faith in God, gratitude, authenticity, and giving are Teresa Velarde's heart. It's in this spirit that she's focused on making a difference in the lives she's blessed to touch. Conversations That Make a Difference is now on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern time with live call-in shows every first and third Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern.
4: Omega Institute, offering workshops, retreats, and online learning dedicated to awakening the best in the human spirit. For over 40 years, Omega has seen more than a million people come through its doors to grow, learn, and find a greater sense of purpose. With over 350 workshops to choose from, Omega offers something for everyone. Located in Rhinebeck, New York, just 90 miles north of New York City, Omega's natural environment and quiet pace allow for
1: extraordinary experiences to unfold.
4: Learn more at eomega.org or call 877-944-2002. Again, 877-944-2002.
1: This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart Bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back. And now we're going to go to continue our conversation on the fourfold formula for all things wellness. We're going to go to Dr. Marcus. And if you could speak up a little bit, Dr. Marcus, when you, when, when, uh, you are speaking because we were having a little difficult time with hearing you earlier so okay you grew up in a completely different environment than i did you your parents are from germany um during world war ii and at that time everyone their age enrolled in a program called hitler youth and um this was a kindergarten used for indoctrination. As a result, my parents' values and knowledge were groomed to reflect Aryan supremacy, the master race, and they were promised a thousand years of paradise. Uh, uh, You know, I have to say, you say something in here, this this line I heard in my household many, many times, kids were supposed to be seen and not heard.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: and what I have to ask you growing up in a household like that I know what my experience was but I'm going to ask you what's your experience um having grown up in that household and you talk about how when you when you got hurt like it's like you don't complain that you're hurt you just like suck it up and move on or whatever I I know those experiences so talk to me a little bit about how you grew up and how what what you grew up with took you into um what you're doing today.
3: Yeah, so um, basically um, growing up in an environment like that um, felt like you had to be working on um, making sure that you don't do any missteps, you know? So when you're looking at children and how they grow up these days, or at least I tried with my children to give them the freedom that they have to explore what they can explore. can't do that as a kid if you always have to keep in mind walk on eggshells or you know something is going to happen and if you forget you will be reminded
4: exactly
3: (laughs) it's a it's a a little bit difficult to have sort of a carefree kind of attitude and stress was really as far as I'm concerned um a a big developmental handicap back then as a result of all of this type of environment you know Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. And um, how that got me, well, I was just lucky in terms of my interests that it pointed in the direction of me, you know, developing something that I felt passionate about that happened relatively early. Um, I could see that that was a, sort of a stroke of luck because a lot of people, kids these days <clears throat> don't seem to have that, that drive, that motivation, that whatever it is, or the idea of Making something of yourself, you know that type of stuff. Uh, that's what got me through that. Really, honestly, I just focused on my career, so to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I find it very interesting that you're going from um, when I when I read your bio, when I know this about you, you're going to, you're taking, you're crossing the bridge <laughs> between between um, allopathic medicine and wellness. Practitioner, so how um, how is what you are doing now with measuring energy fields and stress levels and um, energy reserve um, helpful to people today, so that they can get to know a little bit more about this? I think this is this is important for everyone um, to know that it's just not about things are not always as they seem, and there's always some deeper level or another turn you can take in the road to wellness, right?
3: right absolutely and the approach is really uh dependent on the individual and there is no rubber stamp approach and through my practice of medicine throughout these years i uh, realized that you and 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 these days the healthcare delivery is sort of rubber stamp uh, a little bit you know and so from that perspective it's um, it's difficult um with regards to what's going on currently um in in all of these regards um and so our idea of developing or you know using the wellness wheel as a tool for self-assessment really that's yeah. what um from my perspective um we deal with with people that are you know broken and we try and fix it and um we notice that if you try and keep that up you don't have the person power or the money to pay for it and so um I think it's very important for us to realize that we are responsible for our own health, and so this is a tool uh, of self-assessment—the okay. uh, wheel that we are trying to promote in this book. And all the stories—they fit into sectors like, for instance, heart. Brought both um, um, Sophia and Jackie through this, you know, and it is a, a, a road. Um, that's not traveled by everybody, and lots of people get lost in their grief and, and depression and everything else. And so from that perspective, um, it was a life event. We all have life events. How do you approach that? Here is a clear-cut road of resolution that is very productive. I mean, mm-hmm. both of you guys are, are you know, successful human beings and not uh, caught by the healthcare system because right. of Underlying problems that accumulated because you weren't able to manage to open your heart and get through, and that's why their stories are in the heart section of this book. You know,
1: that right? Has. Exactly. Now you talked about. You just said we are responsible for our own wellness. Do you want to talk a little bit about what is coming next? I mean, I know that this book, the Fourfold Formula, gives an overview of the various different types of um, gives an overview of the um, the different quadrants of the wellness wheel and the next one is says we are responsible when the wellness war and war stands for we are responsible you want to talk a little bit about what you're asking what people are contributing to that book they're all the same same four quadrants but maybe touching on different aspects taking responsibility for their wellness
3: Yes, yes. So uh, uh, the first book was sort of an introduction of the fourfold uh, formula and the wellness wheel and the general idea that if you want to go ahead and have your life uh, be balanced, you're going to have to look at those sectors that are mm-hmm. outlined. And mm-hmm. all four sectors have six subsections and they all need to be addressed. And. Mm-hmm. If you don't do this from time to time, you probably are going to wind up having a, a flat wheel at some point in time, can't move on because you have some sort of a event stopping you. right? Um, and so uh, the, the comprehensiveness of the tool is what uh, we are trying to um, get people to notice and then the next step here is applying and applying this wellness wheel um, is correlatable to a war <laughs> because we're gonna run into troubles along the way of self-discovery. Um and you know you can try and self-resolve, you might need some help. Um it's all up to you as an individual. Mm-hmm. It's your own road to discovery of of your own balanced wellness is what it's mm-hmm. all
1: about. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. If you if you if there's a if there's a problem with one part of the wheel you get flat. I can't move. It's true. It's true. But Sophia, I want to go to you taking off of what Dr. Dr. Marcus just said. Um, you talked about how, um, one of the ways that you, um, moved forward from the loss of your husband was to get into the work that you're doing now. And you went to Jack Canfield's, um, uh, train the trainer. And you talk a bit about that experience. What did that do for you um, as, not, as somebody before you were a coach and doing the work that you do now? How did that help you to get through, get your life back on track and back in balance for after having suffered such a great loss?
2: So um, it was my husband, not Sophia's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, it's I'm just kind of saying funny. Saying that? I say say that? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I figured out who you were talking to. Look, we'll <laughs> do it. <laughs> um, so, train the trainer. I went to learn how to help other people. Uh-huh. And through the process, I learned that we have to. We have to take care of ourselves and deal with our own junk. Uh-huh. Um, we all have junk. I don't care who you are, how you look in the world, what you do, everybody has got stuff deep inside of us Absolutely. that needs to be healed. Mm-hmm. That's my belief anyway. So I totally agree. So so and and I I learned that firsthand, you know. I, I um, and I talk about that in my book actually. That um, I thought I was supposed to be putting stuff out to the world when really what was going on is I, need, I needed to deal with me before I could put stuff out to the world. And so that was um, that ended up being four in person weeks. I don't think they do that anymore, but it was the most amazing, ex- well, one of the most amazing experiences of my life beyond childbirth and, you know, marriage and some marriages. So <laughs> anyway, that's another story, that's story for another day. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for asking. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing and I would recommend it for anybody. And Sophia's had some experience uh, with the breakthrough to success program and a one-day event. I think we went to maybe two-day. I don't know what it was, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what's your experience, Sophia? I, I apologize for the mix-up of the names. Um, um, that's what happens, mother and daughter. My my, I used to get called by my mother's name all the time. So, I'll forgive me, please. <laughs> so, Sophia, what's no your? No worries. Experience? With having to, um, with having gone through some of the programs through Jack Canfield, how has that changed you in terms of dealing with the grief, deciding your, um, your path in life? What has, what has that done for you? Um, So the first event I went to was
4: the two day event in Chicago. Um, And that was big for me because it was sort of my first step into that Arena of self care. Um, I was only, I think, 15 or 16 at the time, so I was pretty young. And then I was 17, going on 18, when I did uh, BTS, which is a week-long event. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that when I was there, I just was, I was really stretched. I was stretched beyond what I thought I could do um, because we're challenged to create all of these different goals for ourselves in different areas of our lives. And um, there were people who were saying, I think you can do more or you're not challenging yourself enough. Mm -hmm. And they were right. They were totally right. Um, And so it has definitely impacted like the, the way in which like the, the information that I have taken in, um, as a student and as a person in the world. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's just, um, it's, it took my, it took my pain and made me want to make it into something I can use to help other people, not necessarily the grief
1: from my dad, but other kinds of pain. And the kinds of pain as well. So it's interesting that you use that word "stretched" because I I also have gone through multiple multiple uh, training courses, and one of the last ones that I did probably a few years ago. Use that um, use that term. You can be stretched, and we don't recognize, we don't really realize how much we can actually do, how deep we can actually go, how how in tune with ourself we can actually be, and how much we can put onto our proverbial plate and make it all happen. How did what you've, um, what you've done, I know that you, you said, so you can help other people. How did, is there something specific that you learned in any of these, um, trainings that you've done that has led you directly to how you want to show up in the world as a professional?
4: Well, I think that, um, I think that when I was there for the BTS event that I, uh, I, my um, worldview expanded in terms of how I could go about helping people. Um, at that point in my life, I was looking to um, teach in impoverished areas. And now I, I'm hoping to um, find a nonprofit organization that I can work with to help um, a marginalized group of people in some way. It's pretty different from what I was initially going to do, but um. Just having that experience and being able to look at myself personally, financially, developmentally, professionally Mm -hmm. at all these different areas um, was really, really useful for me as a young person because we're not taught that in school. Mm -hmm. So going to a whole event where I'm taught how to look at myself Mm
1: -hmm.
4: has really just it's it's life changing.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like in, in straight alignment with the wellness wheel, right? (laughs) all different aspects of yourself. And with that, we need to go to the second break. I can't believe this hour is going by so quickly. So bear with us. We're going to come right back after these messages. When you think about being
4: healthy and happy, do you consider the 24 areas of your life? Probably not. With the All Things Wellness Wheel, you become self-empowered, allowing you to make healthier decisions about relationships, nutrition, sleep, exercise, stress, and even your value system. The All Things Wellness book series written by Peggy Wilms and Dr. Marcus Bettstein teaches about the ATW Wheel and brings dozens of true and personal stories from real people. The first of these multi-author books, The Fourfold Formula, features the foreword written by the Celestine Prophecy author James Redfield and is now available on Amazon. Reserve your spot now to become a published author in book two, Win the Wellness War, We Are Responsible. Visit allthingswellness.com slash author for more information.
5: In a world facing annihilation, a miraculous African nun rises to become the first female pope through a web of war, murder, and betrayal. Loved by some, hated by many, she becomes the deadly target of Islamic terrorists and her own cardinals as she introduces a new vision that will either save humanity or accelerate its destruction. Four people must race against a nuclear holocaust to learn her astonishing secret. Pope Annalisa is available at PeterCanova.com, Amazon and other online booksellers and bookstores worldwide.
0: Did you know that every word you speak matters? What you say and how you say it can make or break a relationship or shift the outcome of any situation. Are your conversations making a difference? Faith in God, gratitude, authenticity, and giving are Teresa Velarde's heart. It's in this spirit that she's focused on making a difference in the lives she's blessed to touch. Conversations That Make a Difference is now on syndicated DreamVision 7 Radio Network every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time with live call-in shows every first and third Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern.
5: Why are we here? can we be happy? Questions asked from millennials to boomers, crappy to happy, sacred stories of transformational joy answers them using true stories of grit, grace, and love. James Redfield, author of The Celestine Prophecy, wrote in the foreword, This book is a seminar about emerging truths and offers grounded solutions through the art of the comeback. Dr. Bernie Siegel, a contributing author, wrote, Bodies die, but spirits and consciousness survive and recycle. So grab some tissues, open your book, and prepare to cry and laugh till it heals. Crappy to Happy by Reverend Ariel Patricia and Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis, available from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and booksellers worldwide.
1: This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax and enjoy, let life flow. Every time I hear that, I take a deep breath. It's just like so cleansing. It's great and good. <laughs> Dr. Marcus, I'm coming back to you over here. I'm reading the, the very last paragraph of your story. Right before that, there is a statement that says, To remind the brain to check with the heart is the art of living. And you say a balanced heart slash mind relationship resulted in a rather uncomplicated and stressless life. So I had to work on taking some of the power of the mind and giving it to the heart. In the beginning, the heart had a very subdued voice. Now it is much easier to recognize that the heart is being neglected. The results are awesome. Even my mind is content with the results and does not fret over the loss of power. The bliss of sharing and community in love is too convincing. So I have to ask you now, I I just want to say this. I have been on this journey with Dr. Marcus and Peggy and all of these people behind the scenes because I've been reading the stories as they came in and I will read the next group of stories as they come in. But I have watched you go from that... Um, the person who was very quiet, didn't really have much to say, kind of like more in the background, just busy doing your day to day and, and out comes this person who is like, okay, this is a great experience. I want to do more of this. And the heart mind relationship that you describe in this paragraph is so fully evident to me. It's ridiculous. Mm
4: -hmm. Thank you.
1: It's, it's ridiculous. I want to give you that. I want to give you that um, from my perspective, because like I said, and you're welcome. You just, you, you have just like transformed before my eyes. And, and I imagine that a lot of people who contributed to this book has done, have done the same thing. This is this is this moment that you talk about on the exhale and the inhale where you actually hear the heart's voice? Is this anything that has taken you to the place where you have opened up your practice to more holistic ways than just the the uh, the way that you were practicing medicine before? are, are there is there a connection there?
3: Well, yes, um, the you know, The hierarchy of events, so to say, uh, you know, holistic medicine has been um, really poo-pooed by allopathic medicine for the longest period of time.
0: Mm -hmm. And
3: when it comes to a a scientific approach of all of this, it was always very difficult. Well, that has changed over the years. And I'm Mm -hmm. glad that I can say now that as a scientist, I have enough studies and things researched To be able to say that there is a connection on a level that is uh, um, to be found in our society by Mm -hmm. more people, because if they all were, and I assume a lot of people were just like me, high strung, um, high power, um, you know, high uh, earner, whatever not, you name it, it was all just pressure, pressure, pressure everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then you wonder, you know, where's the flat in my wheel? And, you know, there were plenty of them. And one of them was just a miserable life-work balance. Well, that's basically uh, what what it came down to. And recognizing this through the steps of, yes, there was um, holistic medicine um, after the allopathic medicine. Then I would say... Uh, New fields have researched into energy medicine and now quantum. And all these things are scientifically uh, capturable and reproducible events that basically indicate to us that, yeah, better wake up and pay attention to these things because you'll be left behind. And what we're developing here is basically for people to be able to have a tool to wake up manage themselves um, with the wellness wheel to get to a level, I would say, of waking up to um, a realm that is in sore need of exploration.
1: Has this, has this um, uh, experience of putting this book together through your own um, delving deep inside, let's say, and through the, the all the stories that have been contributed to this, has this played a part in your attitude towards um, medicine in general?
3: Well, yes, absolutely. From the perspective of me practicing medicine, no. I still do exactly what is required and what mm-hmm. is regulated and what is uh, right to do for people and scientifically proven mm-hmm. to be the right thing. But there is a new door that has opened. There you go. Gives us the opportunity to mm-hmm. uh, deliver more healthcare because I think healthcare has gotten brushed aside a little bit and mm-hmm. talk about that forever. But the point here is that. Um, the spiritual aspect of things, the energetic aspect of things, needs to be accounted for uh, in allopathic medicine as well. And I do that these days. I talk to my patients. I have a closed door. Um, there is no need to uh, not be able to talk to people sensibly about developing something in their life that will move their disease uh, in a in a better trajectory or maybe dissolve mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So lots and lots of uh, new found very fantastic new uh, developments that are um providing me yeah. a lot of joy and, and less anxieties
1: <laughs> yeah it's amazing how when we open our, our eyes we see what's around us right it's amazing it's amazing so i want to ask a question we have like we have like nine minutes left not even No, seven minutes left. So I'm going to ask a question that I've asked everybody that I have um, interviewed on this book. And I wanted to ask um, Jackie first, through the experience of being part of this collaboration, is there one word that can describe your experience in the, in this whole thing I know that I want before you answer that question I have to ask you this too because you you alluded to it at the beginning of our conversation and also in your book I mean in the in this book where are you in terms of writing your own book are you moving forward with that I hope so
2: um, I'm not actually. I feel like it was more for my healing than anything else, and um I have not looked at it in quite some time. Um, I looked at a few pieces of it when I was writing this story, but um not not today. I'm not saying not never. I'm saying not today.
1: Awesome, awesome. So give me one word that described your experience in the first book, and are you gonna move forward to the second one?
2: Sure, one word um. Supported.
1: Awesome. Awesome.
2: And yes, I am going to be in the second book and I know what I'm going to write about. I have a lot of notes. So um, I'm getting close to actually doing something that might be publishable.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Supported is your word. Sophia, what's one word to describe your experience in this book? Becoming part of this um, um, full formula book—it's hard to grab just one, right? I, it being, is. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had
4: a thesaurus in front of me right now. Um, I'm gonna just go with the first thing that came to my mind, which is intense, but mm-hmm. in the, you know not in a bad way, in a great way. And I also want to say. I'm also going to be on the next book and my mom and I still haven't talked about what we're
1: writing about yet. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. It will be interesting to see what happens with this, you know, cause I'm, I find it really, it's amazing how I was having this conversation with somebody the other day and we talked about how parents are connected to their children in a way that um, we can't really explain in words it's just something maybe it has to do with the DNA, maybe it has, to, I don't know, I'm not going to go into the whole thing about it. First of all, we don't have time and secondly, I'm not going to ramble. but the bottom line is the bottom line is, is that uh, it impressed me how the two of you chose the same topic and the same circumstance in your life, which is probably the most the most profound circumstance that ever happened to you from so many different standpoints. Um, and that you both chose the same thing, wrote about it from different experiences and allowed each other the opportunity to just fully be present without those the things that you had written. And both of your stories are so well-written and are so um, powerful for people who are in any kind of circumstances where they have lost someone or are losing someone to be able to come through the other side, um, you know, with something good from this circumstance instead of just feeling the pain all the time. So you ladies are a great asset to this book. So thank you. Okay, so we have supported, we have intense. Dr. Marcus, what's your word for your experience for this?
3: Well, um, definitely community. Mm. So mm-hmm. you're know, talking about the fact that, uh, you know, I was one of those r- very reserved, very, um, uh, not very open um, kind of situation comes out of the fact that you feel alone, and community is the way that broke that, and I'm very grateful for that because mm-hmm. it is a surprising amount of energy that's lost in uh, feeling or well, you know as an outsider citizen so mm-hmm. and uh, you know. Any kind of negative th- aspect that we are dwelling in um, should be discovered and should be removed. You know, for mm-hmm. me, it's definitely the sense of being alone. Uh, having that removed opened up a huge, huge new, new uh, life. Really. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Would each one of you say that, um, and you can just nod your head, writing this, uh, taking the step to open your heart and open to write about what each of your respective topics and the way that you approach them, would you say that this is, this has opened up a new door for you in terms of your ability to share who you are, um, to write more down the line? Um, I know that you're all going to be in the next book. I'm going to be in the next book as well. So, um, I, I know my experience was when I first told my story that that led me into um, into into writing. I've been writing a long time in journals and whatnot, but I never really thought about telling the story because I was afraid. What if somebody reads it? What if somebody reads it? <laughs> you know, I think that we are. I think that we are. Um, we are absolutely. Um, responsible to take um, the steps that are necessary in order to be able to help the next person. And you said that Sophia. And so I just I just think that, I just think that this opened up a whole new world for me. Look at the, I've got a publishing company now. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought that? So <laughs> I, I think that this experience, if you have a story, this is for everyone who's listening. If you have a story, that has you come through a situation maybe the situation wasn't so great and in the end you're grateful to, for the whole experience all of these authors are going to be in a daily gift of gratitude as well which is going to come out around thanksgiving maybe a little bit later than that we've got a lot of stories um and so i invite you to they're in this book they're in fourfold formula what uh we Are Responsible, when the Wellness War, and then Daily Gifts of Gratitude. So I hope that you will all pick up those books in amazon.com when they all become available. Four folk Formula is available right now. Get your copy. It makes a great Christmas gift, so get one. And I want to say thank you to all of you for joining me today. And um, we'll see you again next time. That's it for this edition of Conversations That Make a Difference. Make sure your conversations are making make any difference in the lives
0: of those you touch. Tune in next time for Conversations That Make a Difference with host Teresa Velarde every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern with live call-in shows every first and third Tuesday on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Thank you for listening and thank you to our producer, Rachel, and to our station owner, Deborah Beauvais, working behind the scenes. Be sure to go to ConversationsThatMakeADifference.com for your free gift. Make sure your conversations make a difference.